listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Backstage at Lyric features in-depth interviews with the singers, conductors, and creative talents at one of the world's great opera companies. For additional podcast interviews, subscribe to our RSS feed or visit us online at lyricopera.org. Technical director Peter Schwab is backstage at Lyric. Everything upstage of the main curtain is uh, the responsibility of the tech director. Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. Peter Schwab has the complex job of coordinating everything you see on stage at Lyric Opera. In our conversation, you'll hear him describe his job and what he anticipates being the most challenging aspects of the productions you'll be seeing at Lyric this season. I'm your host for the interview. I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Peter Schwab, who is a technical director of Lyric Opera, and he is in the middle of planning the 2009-10 season. Well, Peter, first of all, what does a technical director do? I get that question quite a bit, and the easiest way I have been able to explain it over the years is everything upstage of the main curtain is uh, the responsibility of the tech director. It varies from opera company to opera company or theater to theater, but it's it's pretty much all the, the labor backstage, the stagehands, um, getting the scenery, lighting, props on stage, on time, and uh, supervising shops, uh, designers, uh, and making sure everything is built on time again and within budget. So it is pretty much everything uh, upstage of the curtain, with the exception of the artists. I don't deal don't with... Tell uh, people how, you don't tell people how to sing. <laughs> exactly, and I don't have to... Uh, deal with them except when, um, say, a performer has a problem with a piece of scenery or maybe some escapes or a prop, and then we'll get involved with them and, and make that item work for them. Now, what are the numbers like? I mean, the number of people who are seasonal as opposed to the number of people that we have on our technical staff all year round, like you. The tech staff... At Lyric is pretty much just five of us all year round, and then we will swell to, if we include the backstage personnel, 85, 80, 85 people, uh, which is lighting, uh, carpenters, props, wardrobe people, sewers, dressers, wigs and makeup. Now, I'm curious about how you actually prepared to do what you do now in case there are some people listening who are interested in pursuing this kind of career. I was at the uh, University of Texas down in Austin in the drama program and discovered that there was a technical and production side to theater that I was unaware of. And from there, I had a strong interest in architecture, in carpentry. So from there, I, I just followed that path uh, in terms of doing all the drawings, building uh, sets, and um, and it was similar to architecture, and you were doing the drawings, you were making the plans, but then every couple weeks, six, four, six weeks, you would toss it out and start again, uh, which is very exciting. 
we don't toss out our productions that lyric like that, but uh, a lot of large universities will just toss out their sets. Now, I'm talking to you during our non-season period. Now, our season ends in March. So what happens in, say, April, May, June, when you don't actually have a show that's being rehearsed or performed? Our off-season, basically March through mid-July, late July, is very busy. We are dealing with designers and directors for the upcoming season. Uh, but we're also take that time to plan for future seasons. So we're talking with artistic about what um, possibilities there are for upcoming seasons. We Most people don't know that Lyric does not build its own scenery. So during that off-season, we have our new productions being built at various shops across the country. Where are some of them? San Diego Opera is building Ernani. And Mary Widow is being built here in Chicago by Chicago Scenic. Tech staff is supervising those shops, answering daily questions, communicating with designers if there's any problems. And then we also will fly to the shops and make a site visit, either with the designer or with just the tech staff. Now, the first time we see a production on stage is during the summer. There's a week when the production is, quote, teched. So what happens in that whole process? Given our repertory situation during the season, we have found that we have to put, especially new productions, on stage during our summer season for a week. So what happens on Monday is all the new scenery is on stage, uh, built per plan, and we spend eight hours lighting that. The lighting designer will be here, and we will light that opera. Then the following three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll go through the show scene by scene, move scenery if necessary, and uh, try to build some light cues for the production. We may have light walkers, which are usually volunteers that will come in, and uh, to get a general sense of what a body is going to look like within the lighting cues. Doesn't that mean <clears throat> that they have to be on stage motionless for... Like for hours. hours on end. Yes, they, they will uh, be placed in a spot and told to stay there for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes at a time. Although during July in uh, Chicago, there are certainly worse places to be. <laughs> now, what is your day-to-day? Do you have a day-to-day routine or is it just wildly different from day-to-day? D- during the season, I'm talking about, when we are actually rehearsing and performing. Actually, during the season, uh, it can get into quite a routine in that, you know, check messages, uh, email, voicemail when I first get in, check on the rehearsal rooms, and then head down to the stage and see how the carpenters and electrics are doing uh, with, let's say, the upcoming rehearsal that afternoon uh, or that evening show. So it's very exciting when we have performers in the house, but we, over the years, I've got it down to a routine where... It's a lot of legwork, and even though in this day of uh, internet and email, uh, in our business, it really helps to to um, have face-to-face time with directors, performers, and my crew. 
So. Now, new productions are always the big challenge for any major opera company. <clears throat> this season we have three. We have Ernani, The Merry Widow, and The Damnation of Faust. So let's talk about each of those and what they <clears throat> require of the company, technically speaking. Now, Ernani is... It's, these are pretty elaborate sets, aren't they? They are. Uh, Scott Marr, who is on staff here at Lyric as the production design director, has designed Ernani. And he's very well-versed in art history. He designs very with a lot of texture in mind. He gives a lot of surface to the lighting designer, uh, who is Dwayne Schuler. He gives a lot of varied surfaces for the lighting designer to highlight or to light, which adds a lot of depth and dimensionality to flat pieces of scenery. But it's also a huge challenge for the people who are painting that scenery, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, you know, because the, the shop only has a model to build off of, which is maybe quarter-inch scale and some color renderings that the designer has usually done. So there's... Many levels of interpretation uh, for a piece of scenery, just like a piece of music, going from designer's hands to when it finally hits the stage. But it's a very sumptuous-looking production. It is large, raked stage, a lot of um, what we call legs and headers, uh, which are very bulky. And then also some uh, chandeliers. There's a few magic tricks in the show. It should be very exciting. And there are, I, I assume there are sumptuous costumes to go along with these beautiful yes. sets. He, Scott Myers also designed the costumes. He's been able to pull some things from uh, Lyric's vast stock of costumes and also design a few new pieces for principals as well. Now, so then we move to The Merry Widow, <clears throat> which is being directed by Chicago's own Gary Griffin. And the, it's a Chicago-based design team, as far as I know. So what will Mary Widow be like for you? The challenge for a new production with the design team and director uh, making their debut at Lyric, which uh, Dan Osling, the scenic designer, Mara uh, Blumenfeld, costume designer, and Gary Griffin, the director, is trying to guide them through the Lyric process. Every theater or opera house has a different rehearsal process, a different amount of time for stage, and it can be frustrating for people to work within those parameters. I mean, similar to the way we have a financial budget for the show, we have time constraints for the show, and it can be very difficult to guide those people through those constraints and have them still be creative and not let those limiters in terms of time or money affect the final product. Because they're used to the world of repertory theater and opera companies work very Correct. differently. And, and we don't have previews, you know, something like a theater would have. Uh, so you have lots of time to work things out. So that's the real challenge with uh, getting new people here at Lyric. Are there scenic elements of The Merry Widow which are going to be a challenge for you? There are some very large walls, and the the three different acts have very different looks. So that means uh, for us, there'll be some very intense changeovers during the intermissions. Although it's Mary Widow's on the short side in terms of uh, opera, 
we have three separate acts, so two intermissions, and we'll be busy doing those intermissions. Then our third new production is Berlioz's The Damnation of Faust, which we've never done at Lyric before. In fact, this is our very first production of anything by Berlioz. So there are so many different scenes in this piece. I think there are more than 20 in the libretto. So how are the director, uh, Stephen Langridge, and the designer, George Suglidis, and the projection designer, John Boshi, going to cope with all of this? I think when you have a show that is... Um, as fantastical as something like uh, Damnation of Faust, and with that number of scenes, you would not want to have a blackout drop or a curtain come in, make a scene change, fly out, and then come in a few minutes later, make another scene change. So what they have conceived of is, is more or less a box that will be able to suggest different scenes depending on the costuming, who's on stage, or what props they're dealing with during that time. Again, there's some tricks to this piece. It will be difficult for us. Uh, We will get a lot of things solved during the summer in terms of what the set and what the projection designer can do on this blank set. And the projections will be able to They want to tell the inner monologues of some of the characters. So it's going to be quite interesting uh, in terms of projections. In the libretto, there is actually a scene uh, right at the end of the piece, or close to the end, that is entitled simply Pandemonium. Now, do you have any idea of what Pandemonium will look like on the stage in this production? Normally that would uh, scare when you, when you would title a scene like that, it would scare a tech director. But um, we do have a, a fairly good idea of what uh, they would like to achieve. And our time during the summer is going to, I think, spend quite a bit on that scene since it is quite important to the story. We will have pieces of scenery that are, are hung, flown, moving in and out, uh, up and down. While there's several people on stage, uh, Faust is in a chair, a journey, I think is what they've called it, and then some projections that I think visually it's going to be quite chaotic. Uh, The challenge for us is going to coordinate all the people on stage and all those pieces of scenery flying in and out in a safe fashion, yet create that image of chaos or pandemonium. Now, then there's a production that's being rented to us by the Met, which is Janáček's Katya Kabanova. And what are your concerns when we're doing a production that comes from someplace else that wasn't designed for lyric stage? Can you give me an example of the kinds of things, the kinds of adjustments that you have to make in putting it on our stage as opposed to what it looks like at the Met? The, uh, the first thing, anything coming from the Met is going to be larger than what we would normally build And they also have a wagon system there, as do several uh, major European houses. So they could put a whole scene or a whole show on on one wagon and move it, whereas we have to use our stagehands to move that scenery in terms of piece by piece. So that, that can be a little difficult for us. Sometimes when we rent scenery from other companies, paperwork, uh, documentation, archival information is not always the best. So it's a process of discovery. 
when we get a piece, we may the trailers may come in and we open them up and all of a sudden discover, well, that's what that piece really is. This is how we're going to make it work. Now, uh, we do have three productions that we have done before. Since 1995, we've done Elixir of Love once and Faust and the Marriage of Figaro twice each. And so they are all back on our stage. So what does it take to get, If you can, can you generalize it, but what it takes to do a revival of a lyric production where we actually have been through the production process before? Revivals can be somewhat of a breather for us in terms of a lot of the stage crew has been here 20 plus years. They've done a lot of these productions before. So even if the paperwork is not complete, a lot of the stagehands, even some of the stage management, really have a good sense of what it takes to get the show up and running, where the small problems might lie. But age of a production and the way we store them often means we have to put in some money to refurbish them. They may have been rented and slightly damaged. Um, A lot of times we'll open a container and uh, pull scenery out and uh, discover that it needs more work than we anticipated. So, Right. Well, I want to wish you wonderful... 2009-10 season. I know that uh, everything technically is going to go like clockwork. It always does at Lyric. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org. 